What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Bartender. Today's episode was originally recorded on January 6, 2021. That was a rough day. It surprised me how all those feelings of pronounced stress and anger and sadness and anxiety all came rushing back when I did the edit. It was a stark reminder of why I love the bartender and why I love this community, and I think you will too. The TCB crew is one of the finest groups of people I've ever had the privilege of associating with. If you want to be part of the crew, consider joining us. It's free, and we don't bother you generally. We're live on Zoom every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Mountain. Hit me up for the link. You can also find us at what we like to call the Bartender Network. It's a private social networking site on the amazing Mighty Networks platform. It too is free, and you can find us at the-corporate-bartender.mn.co. I'll put a link below. Today's post-insurrection topic is timely. As we think about some normalcy returning in 2021, what are your return to office plans? This discussion came at the request of one of our members because that's how we roll here. It's a great discussion with the greatest community in the world, and I think you're going to dig it. So with that, let's get right on into it with the crew on today's TCB. Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender. If you work in HR or make people decisions in your organization, this is the place to be. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender. Whew. Well, welcome, everybody, to The Corporate Bartender. <laughs> Episode 68, January 6, 2021. The day 2021 looked at 2020 and said, hold my beer. <laughs> banana cakes banana cakes welcome it's good to see you all i hope you all had wonderful holidays it's good to see you. oh hey ruby hi <laughs> awesome new faces today yeah jill's here that's fun hi hey jill <laughs> so Jill, we always we always do intros when new folks come and we ask you to tell us who you are, where you are, what you do, and one really boring fact about you. Oh, okay. I did see that in one um, episode <laughs> I watched. Um, so my name is Jill Harvey and um, I'm a human resources business partner for Denone Foods. And I'm in well, I'm in Arvada, Colorado. And one boring fact about myself is that I have never lived anywhere other than Colorado. Excellent. Excellent. Stace, you, you remember Jill, right? Is that one person that worked at level three that you actually remember? <laughs> she better. We have lunch. Stacey. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jill is unforgettable. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of my jokes with Stacy is I'll be like, oh, so I talked to so-and-so today. They worked at level three and she looks at me like. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, you mean the guy with the legs and the arms? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. That well, might welcome, be a badge Jill. of honor if you're not remembered. <laughs> I know. What did I do to be remembered, Stacy? <laughs> well, no, no, well, there's that too. But for the many of the leaders we supported, the fact that we remember them is probably a whole Your, different show. Hi, Morag. Nice seeing you again. Yes, you are totally right there. Hey, Pat. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. 
Yeah. Good to be back. Good to have some Yeah. Time. How you doing? How are things in the city? Pat's in NYC, so. Uh, they are still on lockdown or, or relocked. As, relocked. As, relocked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So still, uh, still not going to any offices and things like that. So it's coming up on coming up on a year, March thirteenth. That was a Friday the thirteenth, if I recall correctly. You are correct, Friday the thirteenth. Oh. We I I went in uh, once in uh, November and packed up my desk and a bunch of other folks' desks and dropped off their personal belongings to them and. We've, we've uh, informed the landlord we won't be renewing the lease. So, Oh, interesting. That's that's interesting. And it's actually on point with, with our topic today. Um, we're going to talk about return to office stuff because Karen, um, Karen Sebring, you know, a TCB crew regular, she sent in a couple of questions that she's wrestling with at SoFi and wanted to uh, posit them to the group. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys got to say. Oh, there's Mariah. Let's let her in. Oh, thank you. All right. So um, as I do every time, especially for new folks, I know Jill's on now, Bartender Network. If you don't, uh, if you don't know, you don't know. And if you do know, you should get on there and uh, I'm going to do my thing. Here it is. Ready? There you go. Bam. <laughs> get the app. Boom. Get the app. I do my annoying call out because um, the app's really cool. And I see that Jill joined as soon as uh, she learned about it. So thanks, Jill. All right. Um, before we get into the question from Karen, I just I just wanted to take a moment, right? I mean, it's today was weird. You know, we were talking about it with Yvonne because Yvonne, you know, works in D.C., six blocks from the White House and uh, lives in that area. And I don't know. I don't know how all of you felt, but I, I felt sick today. It made me sad and scared and mad. And it made me feel all of the emotions, I think. So I just I just wanted to take a minute. I mean, we were <laughs> well, we, we were in a weird situation before and, and today was sort of icing on the weirdness cake um so i just I, I just wanted to do as corny as it sounds um just a minute of silence it doesn't have to be a whole minute but just just a piece of time to pause because today kind of whacked me out and i didn't think i could get more whacked out than i'd been <laughs> about stuff <clears throat> and just watching those images of people crawling through the window at the capitol just it just like i said it made me feel all of it. So just want to take a minute. I'll ask everybody, you can calm down, um, but let's just take, you know, 30 seconds or so.
trying to pull it back together. <laughs> uh. It's funny because I like haven't I've been busy since sort of found out and it's like even just thank you for the 30 seconds it helped me like oh there's the emotions like immediately <laughs> came to tears it reminds me of Aaron Weed's work yeah right like head heart and gut and um it's like yeah it's there it, it's there and you know like I said I mean I, I didn't I didn't know that there was any more room on the intensity dial um but this was it was big, right? I mean, it was, it was like last summer when, you know, we were, we were really feeling for Yvonne and her crew dealing with all that we were dealing with and then dealing with social unrest. And this is social unrest in it's in a different way, but it's the same thing, right? It's the same feelings. So yeah, Lori said so heavy and complex to process and, and we're, we're not dealing with full processing power, right? We talk about this all the time. We are, we are running on reduced capacity with a perpetual feeling of low level anxiety at all times. And, you know, it's funny. We do, Morag and I did a workshop the other day. And in that workshop, we talk about the change curve from, you know, Bridges, William Bridges change curve from transitions. And, you know, it's a nice, pretty little picture. It's a very linear thing and it looks good on paper. But we do this slide that shows about 450 change curves on top of one another uh, on one slide, because that's what life is like. That's what we're trying to deal with. And, you know, I redid that slide in 2020 because I moved it from like 10 or 12 change curves to about as many as I could put on there. Ruby remembers when I did it because we were together. Um, and now I wanted to put more on it, right? Because we're dealing with so much perpetual change and we're in so many different spots on so many different curves. When you throw some some new variable into the mix, it's just, it's it's a whole different level of you know, wow, what do I do? So yeah. I, 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 um, when, when I teach the bridges model, I, I got this from a colleague, a lot of, you know, from Kelly about the, the trapeze, right. That you're, you're swinging mm. on your trapeze and you don't know if there's a net below you anymore. And somebody's telling you to let go of your bar. And at some mm -hmm. point somebody else is going to come and catch you, but we don't know exactly when. And so like this, this turmoil of, how do you get there from here? It's it, same thing. It's like there's and all these new variables come at you. The it's my hands hurt from the trapeze at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gabby says in chat that she said, we in Venezuela are used to this happening on a consistent basis, yet never thought that it would happen here ever. It's shocking. So Gabby, how, how are you processing through this, right? I mean, it's a feeling that you felt before in, in, in your own environment and circumstance, but here it's weird. What, what's going through your head and heart right now? So it, it's, it's that chill, chill feeling that you feel like bubbling up, like, Oh my God, this is actually happening here where you, you know how horrible it is, you know, how many people get hurt, you know, how, you know, it's all coming out of hate. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is, or people not sharing the same thoughts. And um, 
it, it's almost like comparing, well, we, we can be close-minded there and that's why things happen. And that's not how the U.S. is, is right? There is just a lot of do whatever you want, say whatever you want. You're, you know, you have the right to be you. And for this to happen, it's just like, wow, <laughs> we got, we're, we're here. It's, it's happening. And it's just, I was talking to my brother and, and his wife and Nicholas, and we're like, this just, this is just scary. That it's just happened. We never thought this would happen ever in a yeah. country like this. And, and it is. Yeah. Crazy town. Crazy town. Hey, Karen. Good to see you. Sorry, I'm a little late. Yeah, Wait, no worries. Happy New Year, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a New Year, Karen. A New Year, I think. <laughs> oh, no, I said, oh, yeah. No, I said, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the happy part. I mean, we're, it's funny. Um, we were we were talking about this the other day. Morag and I were on a on a on a workshop. It was you know day two of twenty twenty one. And what did you say when you came on the call, Morag? She doesn't remember. She said, "I'm exhausted," and it's only day two. Yeah, for some reason on Tuesday I woke up very tired. I have a feeling tomorrow may be the same. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. And this is the this is the time of year that I've actually been worried about most. Because, you know, so many, so many of our feelings got labeled with 2020 um, last year. And the holidays are always busy, even if they're weird. Um, so I've, I've been worried about how people are going to be doing in the bleak midwinter, right? Just the, the post holidays. Um, gets dark early, stays dark a long time. Uh, still can't not, go <laughs> Still can't go anywhere. Yeah, no, exactly. All of those things, right? And, and, and that's what I've been, I've been worried about. Um, just people's well-being going into 2021 because we all know, or, and we knew um, <laughs> that the first half of this year is going to look a lot like last year. Um, I saw, I saw a meme the other day. It made me laugh. And it was like the 2020 was the two and then a toilet paper, full, a full toilet paper roll and then two and then a full toilet paper roll. And then 2021 was two and a full toilet paper roll, two and an empty one turned up. And I thought, wow, that's pretty appropriate. (laughs) But hey, um, we want to talk today about, about, Return to office plans. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot in the summer, and when we didn't really know kind of what our timeframes looked like and what people were doing. And uh, Karen is starting to wrestle with these issues right now. And and Karen, you can keep me honest here. I tried to do a little summary of the questions that you popped in to email the other day. And she asked if anyone was discussing their RTO plans, assuming many people are doing a hybrid. If you're doing the not full full-time back? Are you going full-time virtual? Uh, If you're going to be back in the office at all, are you requiring vaccines? And then the the notion of, you know, sort of stipends for home office setup or or internet, um, you know, the cost of doing business. Um, 
and Pat mentioned that he they they let people know that they were not going to be renewing their lease. And I know a couple of of CEOs that have done that same thing and are going full virtual or, or full virtual full virtual with uh, you know some potential shared space at a at a co working uh, location. But uh, you know, Karen, is there is anything else? Anything that I missed? No, I honestly, you guys, I, you captured it well, Eric. I think. I'm trying to ascertain, we're in the process of, of kind of saying, what's it going to look like? We have a CEO who happens to be very um, big on everyone being in the office, loves the um, the ability to banter and be, you know, kind of in close contact and have, have hallway conversations and so forth and recognizes the value in that. Um, having said that, seeing we have had, you know, a company of 2000 people working almost everyone remotely for the last 10 months now. And has recognized the value in that as well, that, you know, there's less commit time, you've got more, more work time. Um, in, in fact, in many cases, um, better productivity. And, you know, people are liking it. And, and knowing that for us to be uh, competitive um, and, and um, have a compelling story for, for applicants and so forth, we probably have to build some flexibility into our model going forward. So having this vision of a hybrid um, where there's in-office capability, but also ability to work remotely um, or kind of kind of virtually on a as desired basis, and, and kind of a, and maybe we have a few people who are full-time remote and some who are full-time in the office. I mean, just kind of the range of, of, of possibilities. Mm-hmm. With that, looking at our facilities footprint, we have a number of different locations across the country. Um, you know, where can we adjust that? But um, then the other question has become: He is anxious to get back to the office, and um, I'm curious about the vaccination situation because we happen to have an attorney who feels very strongly about requiring vaccines across the board. We have an executive leadership team that says is, is pretty um, split on it. So it's a, it's a fairly, um, there's a lot of passion around the topic, should I say? And it's, 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 um, it just raises a lot of interesting questions. So I was kind of curious what you all are doing, if you're doing anything at this point, and if you are thinking about the back to work, what it looks like, and is there anything kind of unique about what you're doing that, because I know there's a lot of permutations out there and there's a lot yeah. of different ways you can do this, but I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. And before I let everybody chime in, um, we talked a, a few weeks ago, can't remember which episode it was, but it was in the news. And one of the patterns that's emerging is this concept of what they call three two two. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, three days in the office, two days virtual, two days off. Um, And what was interesting about that article, and it's on the network, but I'll go find it for you, um, was they were a lot of companies were letting employees pick their days, Mm -hmm. right? When they wanted to be in or out and when they wanted to be off. And I thought that was interesting. Um, We'll see how it shakes out when when we're allowed to get back in. and I know, I know Lori has a lot of thoughts on this because they've actually done some things, uh, especially on the financial side and, and have a pretty concrete plan for when they're even considering going back to work as does Yvonne. I know, I know both of them have thoughts on this. So I will, I will yield the floor. Awesome. So, so I can sh- share kind of three high points. Um, so we told our staff that we will not be, holistically, right, returning to the office until June 1st. Uh, We picked June 1st because more so for um, our employees who have kids in school and wanting to give them certainty about let's get them through the school year so that they're not trying to sort out, right, that whole juggle. 
Um, so that's why we picked June 1st. Uh, what we said is as of June 1st, it's optional based on your personal level of comfort, based on your health and your home circumstances, based on where we are with the vaccine tra trajectory to your level of comfort, it's optional um, through the summer. And also to give people flexibility of what do you do with your kids during the summer if their camps are closed and their whatever plans are closed. And so we, we wanted to give that flexibility, um, anticipating that by September, it's reasonable to guess <laughs> that we're at a place where most people are gonna feel comfortable. Honestly, anybody who's not comfortable doesn't have to come back. Right. Um, we've, we've learned how successful people can be um, working from home. We do feel like getting back to the the in the office model is what we want to do. We're not giving up our lease or, you know, going fully remote, but still increasing that level of flexibility um, and, and probably ongoing. Right. As, as far as what the expectations are for like, I might choose to work from home two days a week regardless of the status of COVID, you know, so, so having that flexibility. So that's one. Um, our CEO has already said flat out, we will not require vaccines. He feels that that's not something reasonable to require because of all of the reasons why that's really hard to require. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, I, when I, when I worked at National Jewish Health many years ago, we were required to get a flu shot, right? You, you, we had people we had to terminate because they wouldn't get a flu shot that you could justify. Yeah. And for, and for those of you that don't know, National Jewish is a respiratory hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like super specialized respiratory hospital. So, right. I get it that there will be some places where it's required. We don't feel like we're one of those places. So we will not require a vaccine. Um, third, we, um, what was my third point? Something, oh, that we are actually planning in terms of our budget planning because we spend multiple million dollars in our budget every year for travel. Um, our CEO has set the expectation that we will not travel as much as we used to as an organization baseline. We don't have to. We know that now. We learned that lesson. We don't have to be on airplanes every week. And so that's the expectation in budget planning for fiscal 22 is that our, our travel budget will not look the same. And you guys gave cash to folks for home office we, setups this year. We gave everyone $1,000 um, either to recoup <laughs> expenses that they'd already had building out their office or if there's, or if their office was set, but their spouse is still sitting at the kitchen table or their kid is still sitting up in their bed, <laughs> right? With a lap desk, um, <clears throat> you know, to, and we didn't, we didn't want to do it as a reimbursement where you had to justify because right. frankly, what we said is if you need to buy more whiskey with that thousand dollars, you do you. <laughs> Cheers. So are you, are you doing anything like that on an ongoing capacity for 2021 or fiscal 22 for you guys? Um, because of these changes, are you going to do stipends for internet service or some, anything like that? Or So at this point, all we're doing is for new hires out of the gate, they're getting the thousand dollars. Um, understanding that, you know, at least at this point for the next six months, you got to work from home regardless. Right. Right. Um, ongoing, uh, we haven't had that conversation. I don't see us going in that direction of reimbursing internet or 
in any of those kinds of things if it's if it's their option to work from home. Um, I, I don't see us going in that direction. Corey, how are, you, how are you reconciling perhaps some leaders in your team feeling differently than their team members? If you have a director or a vice president who is like uh, Karen's CEO, who feels that the collaborative environment is important to the success of his group, but yet the group all feels like, well, you're giving me the option, I'm not coming in. Has yeah. there been any discussion of that? So, so that's already been the case pre-COVID when we've considered hiring employees that would be remote. Some leaders are super flexible with that, think it's totally fine. Others are pretty adamant. Nope, they need to be able to be in the office. So I think that's something that will have to be a continuing conversation. I think the last year of experience tells us that you can do a lot remotely and maybe it's the leader that has to change their perspective or their style in order to accommodate that. Uh, but I think we will still have that, that struggle um, with, with some people that, that feel very strongly about that intact in-person environment. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yvonne, what about you guys? I know you guys have, have taken some formal steps as well. We have. So um, we made an announcement in October that um, the earliest we were going to open the office was uh, going to be mid-March. However, um, we were not going to require people to work in the office 100% until uh, the third week in June. That's uh, the direction we're taking. But one thing that we're also doing is in the interim, in this time period, we actually have a task force um, of employees and leaders that are looking at how we're going to approach remote working in general, uh, because we are we are definitely more open minded than we were in the past, um, and we know it's not. There's no way in the world it's going to go back to the way it was before. Um, and so we're. Um, I guess the good thing is the leadership is um, essentially uh, aligned. Um, and, uh, with being more flexible because we've proven that we can be, um, and I have a feeling we're going to have a hybrid model for everyone in the, in the future. Um, uh, the three, two, two model is, is probably going to be where we, um, fall out, but it also opened up, um, sort of our, we have to discuss how we feel about 100% remote working because we haven't quite gotten there yet, but mm -hmm. we have individuals. I mean, we're, we have a big name, we're National Geographic, but we have a small footprint um, in our nonprofit space where I work is less than 400 people. Um, and we have to come to terms with how comfortable we are with people moving outside of the DC area. Um, and because there are financial ramifications. So that's really, I think we've come to terms with the, with the rest of it. You know, we know we're going to have uh, a remote working environment, at least part-time for most people. Um, and we're comfortable with that. We're involving the staff in the conversation. So everyone's going to be bought in. Um, we actually have a nurse on site because we have people who travel um, and go on ex, um, expeditions for a living. So we have, um, we've had the privilege of having medical support on site, helping us with research and vaccinations and things of that nature. So while we will not require vaccines, we will probably, when we're allowed to, be able to give them. 
um, to staff who who require them or who need you, uh, vaccines. Because you have to give you have to give vaccines to folks that are traveling on some occasions. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. So we have employees and explorers who go into the field and. And I don't know how they do it, but some of them are like at Everest or, you know, <laughs> they got to go see Nurse Karen Galapagos or whatever. You got to go see Nurse Karen to get your information, your immunization, as well as your medication. So um, so we have we're privileged that way. But but for a small company, um, we have to come to terms with what how flexible are we going to be uh, with uh, allowing individuals to be remote in other states? Um, and where, how many, um, state laws do we want to subject ourselves to from the HR standpoint and a financial standpoint? Um, so, so that's honestly, that's probably the biggest, um, sticking point right now. Well, you might take some tips from people who who have salespeople who are geographically dispersed. You know, you have to be within one hour's drive of whatever that hub is of Atlanta, of Washington, DC, in your case, or something. Yeah. And we have, um, we have people strategically placed around the U S specifically in our education uh, groups, because you have to be close to that school district in order to provide um, resources, but it's an extremely small group of people Um, probably less than 10%, well, uh, maybe 15% of our population. And they're in very specific states and regions that yeah. make sense. So now we have to figure out, um, do we allow more uh, ourselves? Uh, do we open up our business to more states? The individuals that are in locations um, outside of DC are there because it's our benefit, to our benefit, mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. theirs. And mm-hmm. so do we want to spend the money? Yeah. Um, in locations where it doesn't benefit us in the least other than having a person there that we love. Right. Right. Cause, cause Lauren had, had a person quit and move and not tell anybody. Or they didn't quit. He they didn't just moved. quit. He, he just, just moved, moved from Chicago to LA. And then we wondered <laughs> why his sales in Chicago were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we sent him his final check. That's how we found out he moved. <laughs> He said, well, where'd you send my check? Well, I said, the FedEx guy is going to this address. He goes, oh, I don't live there. I moved to LA about three weeks ago. So McCarty, you came off mute. What's going on? I just don't understand. I don't see how as corporations can require this to be mandatory. And especially if you're not in healthcare or maybe a nursing home or high risk. You're going to get sued. Yeah. Well, you I, I, are, but you already require me to have a degree for an entry-level job, and you require me to be able to lift 25 ooh. pounds and stand for five minutes. Why is yeah. this oh. different? Yeah, and, and the EEOC has already ruled on this, that yes, employers can mandate it, except the religious and the, immuno, you know, whatever the medical reasons would be. They're very clear that you can, oh. but should you? Yeah, Morag, the degree thing, that hit me right <laughs> oh, in the... Sorry. right in the. You? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, think about that. We, we mandate degrees as a weed out mechanism. So we don't have to deal with a bunch of, of resumes. The great yeah. unwashed. It goes back to Laurie's point. That isn't it's internal. Very, it's a, a it's, whatever. So I, I hear her point. It's too. discriminatory is what it is. Mm. Absolutely. It is. But and we did it. Of, we did it without even thinking. 
And, and yet, February 1st, that may be a total game changer with the Equal Pay for Equal Work Act of Colorado. In Colorado, where, yeah. Where a lot of that stuff is like, don't matter. <laughs> yep. I mean, it, it is definitely a complicated, there is no doubt it's complicated. And yet this is talking about the health and safety of the majority for the beliefs of the my I don't know which who is on the minority and uh, who is the minority. Are you going are, are, are you going Spock there for a second? Uh, the needs uh, of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. <laughs> geek 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 geek. Anyway. Even the geek horn. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the other thing is is we're talking about incumbent employees who are employed with our company and yeah. implementing a new requirement that they did not have an option to opt in or out of. If I choose to Great apply point. for a job Great that point. this organization puts, mm -hmm. puts a higher emphasis on formal education for whatever philosophical reason they choose to, they can. And I don't have to apply for that job. Right. right. Dang, this is a good one. I didn't even expect this one to be that good. So what are you it's all going to do? <laughs> So Karen, Karen, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I know what I'd like to do, but it's going to be interesting. So what we've said is um, this is with the idea that we can somehow get back in the office by say sometime in the summer when the vaccine is readily available to the general population. Um, and one of the things our facilities um, guy has said is that we will probably still need to social distance. So then that's why we're looking at this hybrid of say, maybe it's a, uh, you know, the, the three, two, two, or actually what we're looking at is like a half the population. If you're coming to the office, you do it Monday, Tuesday and, and first and third Fridays. And if you're, if you're the other half of the population, you come in Tuesday, Thursday, and you are, um, so Monday, Wednesday, and then two Fridays and then, and then Tuesday, Thursday and second and fourth Fridays, you're in the office so that you've split your population up and you can physically socially distance people. Um, so, but you know, if we were in a place where we didn't have to socially distance, then it would not matter what we set up for our so much for our, our hybrid model. But this is probably the only way it's going to work, given what, yeah. what we're trying to accomplish. But the whole vaccine question, it's going to be interesting. I think we're waiting since we have a little time. We're kind of waiting to see how the vaccine plays out and what kind of reactions there are to it, especially as the general population starts to get it. Um, are there really negative consequences to it? Is it like super impactful for some people that we didn't anticipate? So kind of just looking at how the data shows once we get down the path here a little bit, but um, it's going to be interesting. And I, I actually was a little surprised at the level of passion um, kind of around this. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I, I, within our company. Right. And so I, um, uh, it's been very interesting and um, so we'll see how it plays out, but I so appreciate all you guys perspectives. It's super helpful. Yeah, I, I wanted to I wanted to call on Jenny because I know her company's done a lot of really intentional things around this idea, and and they actually they were actually one of they were our test case like the first uh, return to office back last late last summer, right? Yeah, so um, we backed off a little. I mean, the office is still open. We um, the goal was to try to get people back in the office this fall, and then when the numbers spiked and the you know, the risk got higher. We put in place um, a sign-up sheet where you had to sign up if you want to go in the office to make sure that we maintain capacity. And um, 
although I do agree with a lot of what Polis has done, I actually disagree that we are down to orange level because we just had totally. And so, um, what and, I uh, you know, it's, it, it's funny, Jenny, you said that I was looking at the numbers just day over day yeah. between, between yesterday and the day before, and we were up 1400 new cases yesterday yeah. over, over Monday. Yeah. Orange is a terrible idea. Yeah. Right so now. I'm like, I don't understand that because obviously people are coming off of holiday and travel and all kinds of stuff. So, um, the office, we sent out a communication on Sunday night saying, you don't have to sign up to go in the office anymore. If you want to go in, just go in. Now we don't have to. So there's very few people in the office. This has huge implications to mm-hmm. culture. Like ripple effects we can't see because they're so far out, right? And so this this weighing the short-term health and safety against the long-term impact of culture and of strength of leadership is it's like I don't have a freaking crystal ball <laughs> to say, right? Because if you the, the more complexity you put to, well, we can allow these roles to do these things and we can allow this and this and this has to be this way. First of all, you have to justify all of that yeah. in a way that your workforce understands. Second, you have to accommodate the different modes of communication and the different ways in which you keep those people connected and mm-hmm. feeling, you know, incorpor- and so it's like, the complexities of this are just like jaw-dropping when you're really trying to think about how do you how do you maintain? Yeah, I mean, you've got all of these different models that you want to th- you know throw against the wall. And all we can well, do is plan for like the next 24 hours in the near term because yeah. the predictable surprise that nobody is talking about is that all of the talk is around when when we're past COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know there are at least two strains that have mutated. Mm-hmm. So sure. this is the beginning of the journey. And not only are we on the beginning of the journey of whether we can even get ahead of it to even come back to the offices, when you talk about the cultural impact, it's the ongoing impact to our children who are not being socialized in school. And so we need to let go of the fact that they're not being socialized in school and work out how are we going to set them up for success in a life that's going to look very similar to like this for the longer term. Because I know, for example, in the UK, A-levels are now being scrapped for next year. So does that mean our 18-year-olds are being graduated and all get to go to university? But why would you go to university when you can't even go to classes? Yet there are ripple effects that are going to impact us and our companies and our culture and our society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and somebody pointed out it's like the post-war generation Right. But I, I obviously didn't live through that. My dad's not here to advise me. My grandparents are. But there are some learnings to have from that. But this is not 2021, the vaccine's going to cure it. I'm, right. Let's be clear. This is just the bump. A lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. You heard it on day three of the work year. I, I am the killjoy, but let's get real. And good luck to you all. God bless you all. <laughs> I'm glad I don't oh. do HR. Play the other one. Play the other one. <laughs> Play the other one. All right, here Play we go. Everybody dance. <laughs> I have to say, now that music makes sense because if you're in HR, it is like Benny Hill all the time. Well, <laughs> no topless ladies, but you know what I mean? It's crazy. Sometimes there are topless ladies. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I have to edit so much out of this episode. I was going to say, you may not <laughs> want to put any of this one. We didn't come back from break yet. 
I might be um, naive, but I did hear that if you want to go to like a concert and stuff, you might have to have like a card saying that you're vaccinated. And so yeah. my, or fly. So my theory on the whole thing is like, why as a company would you do that when if you want to participate in life, you may have to do it anyway. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, I, but yeah, I don't wow. Did you just hear that? If you want to participate in life. In life. Yeah. And like that, literally, if you want to travel, if you want to, like other countries might say you can't come in without this vaccine. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you want to go to a concert, if you want to be in crowds, like you're going to have to have it. So if that's the case, why as a company, would you put your butt on the line when you know that like at least give people the choice and if they want to participate in things, then they have to do it. Wow. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a fascinating moral and public health dilemma right now. And then Man. What about, what did, does anybody know the history? I heard something about polio the other, they were kind of talking about it like polio. Oh yeah. Yes. And so polio, um, I thought this was fascinating. They gave the polio vaccine to kids at school in a sugar cube, and that's where yeah, that right. sugar. That's where I had it. Yeah. And so, was polio were polio vaccines mandated? I I don't know the answer to that, Jenny. But I think psychologically, polio <laughs> affected children to a enormous and tragic yeah. degree. Okay. And there's a there's a not a hundred percent, but there's a different perception about protecting your kids versus yeah. you can't yeah. tell me what to do. So, right. And, yeah. I, right. and I think there was a different mentality around it. Same with, um, I think smallpox or, you know, some, some of these others that childhood diseases, measles, yes. mumps, rubella, right, right. Whooping cough, a, a childhood right. disease has a totally different psychological impact. People don't yeah. want to lose their babies. Yeah, right. totally. And we, it was in our face because we saw the iron lungs. And so right. wards and wards right. of iron lungs. And right now there is still a one and a half degrees of separation to do we know somebody who's had it badly enough or somebody who's died. And I think what's emerging in California is going to accelerate. And what we're seeing in Europe, et cetera, is going to accelerate that visibility, whether it changes it to being mandatory sooner, I don't know. Yeah. But I was starting to Google that whole polio mandatory because that's how they yeah. eradicated it. We all yeah. got the sugar cube. Right. There was no mm-hmm. choice about it. Yep. Interesting. I know, I was, Lori, I was thinking, I was like, Yvonne's at a rave. <laughs> I know, right? I, yes. <laughs> no, I, I am, I am um, picking up my food because it's almost seven o'clock Eastern. So I'm like, I need Japanese food. So yes. <laughs> no, I want Japanese food. Yeah. So, I mean, well, well, your camera has been entertaining us. Yeah, yeah it has. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Well, and um, oh, there was a train of thought in there, and it was actually business appropriate, but it's gone. They <laughs> the train left the station. It sure did. The dog pushed his ball under the table, and that's all I can think about now. <laughs> I'll be right back. Well, we can't have you thinking about the dog's ball. <laughs> oh, you're muted. On that note, on that note, thank you. <laughs> Have you, have you seen the video clip from the woman trying to calmly explain how you play tennis in no. socially distant and safely? I just saw a clip of it. I, we're going to have to research it, Eric. <laughs> I'm on it. It was the, well, 
sorry, dog. The punch, the, basically, you can only touch your own balls. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Morag. <laughs> so, so, so said every middle school boy ever. So there you My go. My Britishness just came out again. It was like, what? Well, and, and she, you, know, you have a and, hue on you, Morag. <laughs> she does, and the whole liquid one, I don't know where, but... And and you might want to mark them with a with a sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get oh. my dogs tennis. <laughs> well, all right then. So that's fun. And on that note, Karen, did you get did you get stuff that you can use from that discussion? <laughs> I definitely got stuff I can use and great stories, you guys. Thank you for sharing. This is awesome. All right, let's do some funny things because, you know, stuff is still funny. Um, and I did these, I did these before the events of today. So these are kind of all about going back to work after the holidays. So I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, first one here, going back to work at the same table you've been sat at all Christmas. <laughs> Oop, Morag, you're muted. What did you say? I said, oh, that's Doc Cotton from EastEnders. She's yeah. a well-known, wise woman. <laughs> Looking at my work calendar, trying to figure out who had all the audacity to schedule all these <laughs> January meetings. Spoiler, it was me. <laughs> the worst part of going back to work tomorrow after two weeks is how everyone will start every call by saying, feeling recharged. <laughs> uh, uh, gotta wake up early tomorrow to use a computer on purpose. <laughs> That was my Tuesday morning. I was that bird on the left. I like this one. Me trying to figure out what I actually do at work after two weeks off. <laughs> uh, and my favorite one of today. Okay, people, back to work. You go. Cats just carry on lounging around as usual. <laughs> oh, and you know, uh, Today's good good feel story. Um, did you guys hear about this? The uh, police officer in Somerset, Massachusetts, who uh, was called in because there were two women ringing up things in the self checkout, but they weren't ringing up everything. They were ringing up half of the things. And he came in and he talked to them, and uh, they were they're, they're just trying to feed a kid, and uh, he didn't press charges. And he bought a $250 gift card for them to go ahead and have Christmas dinner for those kids. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty great. Pretty great. So, so the thing we have to remember, if I may, is media attention and drama. There's a lot more of this going on than we ever, ever, ever hear about. There's yeah. good. And, th and that's why... Uh, that's why Lori and I decided to start including the good feels stories here because we just get bombed with so much crap. And like we were talking about at the beginning, so many images that are just hard to process. This stuff happens. Good stuff always happens. So it's nice to, to pull attention to it. You guys follow um, Upworthy on like um, Instagram. That's a good one. Yeah, Upworthy's great. Um, oh, I don't know if you guys know, remember we talked back in the spring about, uh, you know, John Krasinski and his Some Good News yeah. show that he did for a while. They did a holiday special. So, oh, they did? Yeah, it was like the first one since he stopped doing them in like April or May or whenever that was. It's amazing. 
definitely go check it out. Definitely go check it out. Um, today's semi-quarantine cocktail, um, <laughs> it's a greatest hits one. Um, I went back to the election night or insurrection day. It's just tequila and lots of it very frequently. Morag, when she, when she said that she was coming today, she said that she will have a gin and tonic in her hand. And that is, is that complete? Pretty much. Pretty much. Nice work. Nice work. Guys, thank you so much. It's great to see you all again. Uh, like I always say it, Wednesdays are my favorite days and I'm honored and humbled to be in your company. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Awesome. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash TCB or email us at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again. And remember, you always got friends at the corporate bartender.